0: We don't, oftentimes, we don't like, Uh, you know, if you're disciplined to go and and take care of the dishes after after the evening meal, then you don't wake up with a massive pile of dishes that is so, that's just got flies and stuff. Come on, discipline equals freedom. So discipline, the word, means controlled behavior resulting from disciplinary training, self-control. Wait a minute, have we heard about self-control before? Maybe a little bit. Kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody help me right there. Okay, come on. That is a fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know that when you see somebody that's going off on someone at the restaurant or, you know, maybe uh, you ordered diet water and they brought you regular water and you're throwing an absolute fit, Come on, that's not self-control. When you see someone doing that, do you think, man, I know that person is full of the Holy Spirit. Come on. No, that's not what you think. That is not what you think. So when you see someone acting like that, you don't think, man, that, that behavior just absolutely represents Jesus in the best way. That's not what you're thinking. Come on. So we, don't, we, we try not to act like that. Self-control. It's all about discipline. You know, someone asked me, the other day, JB, why did you say something to that person? Because what good was it going to do? If I had, you know, somebody would give me a hard time. If I had said something ugly to them. You know, I I I responded to their ugly with some more ugly. What happens, guys? We end up with a hurricane of ugly. Come on, you don't want that. Discipline. You want to be free from the chaos of your life, the chaos of just wild stuff like that happening. You got to have some discipline. You got to have some discipline. You don't, man, Pastor. I get in arguments all the time. You get in arguments, or you join arguments. Come on gotta have discipline. The word discipline comes from a Latin word that means to learn. Come on. did you think don't you think God wants us to be learners? He's a pretty great teacher. Come on. I think that God wants us to be learners. Jesus disciples would call him teacher. They would go to him and they would say teacher, what does this mean or what is this, you know, teacher? Can I cut that guy's ear off? No, they didn't say that. Um, Discipline is all about accepting reality over feelings. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. He's, he's going to do it again. Discipline is all about accepting reality over feelings. I feel like I want that brand new Land Cruiser. Reality is the note's fixing to be $900 a month for 10 years, okay? Okay. No way, no. We're not doing that, all right? Listen, discipline tells me stop. Stop. Don't go over there. Now, my, my little pea brain says, hey, man, you got a pretty good credit score. You can afford them notes. And that Land Cruiser, man, you sure look cool driving that thing. And so I might go over here and be like, hey, man, can I test drive this and maybe, you know, look at the financing options when reality That's not a good idea. Come on, you get what I'm saying? I'm not getting on to you if you have a Land Cruiser. You probably do look cool driving it. Listen, discipline is going to stop you from jumping into those kind of decisions and those kind of things. Uh, We live in a culture that is undisciplined. We live in a culture that is undisciplined, where feelings trump facts and bad behavior is okay as long as it makes us feel better. Remember a couple years ago, people, like, literally burned down city blocks. And the mayors came out in these cities and said, well, it's okay because they need to let their anger out. What? (laughs) You can't burn a building down because you don't feel good, man. That's not okay. If your kid is throwing a fit and throwing toys against the wall, what do you do? You go in the room and you say, hey, don't do that. You kid ever? I never knew what a big deal was about slamming a door until I became a parent. I would slam doors at my parents' house, and they'd throw a fit. And I'm like, what's the big deal? It's just a door. But then all of a sudden, I become a parent. My kid slams a door. I'm coming to see him right now. I will come and talk to you. You slam the door in my house. Listen. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Feelings cannot trump facts, okay? If you feel... Come on, I know I'm getting a little political here, but it's going to be all right. I promise. If you feel, if you, people say, I identify. I identify. You know me, I actually identify as a rich person. And if you want to help me with my identification struggles, you know, I got a cash app. Never mind, we're not going to do that. Listen, I identify as something I am not. But I want, I, I want to become that thing. And so whatever I feel like, that's what I am. Come on. Come on, don't get quiet on me, man. Don't get quiet on me. I feel like a thing. I feel like because I went and I hung out at church for an hour, I feel like I'm a pretty great Christian. But I also continue to drink, continue to seek out unhealthy relationships, continue to watch pornography, continue to do all these other things. But I feel like I'm a pretty good Christian because I got the Bible app on my phone. Whoa. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that that's the truth. Just because you feel a certain way about something, just because a light is yellow does not mean that you should fast and furious try to run that thing. Because it's going to turn red. Don't be looking. I saw some of y'all looked. (laughs) Let me help you with this. Jesus wants disciples, not divas. Come on. Jesus wants people that follow him and that give everything they have. That don't say, well, Jesus, I feel like this. Jesus, I think, what? What? You know, he, we, we, we talk about Peter a lot. Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that, Jesus. What did he do, church? He turned around and did it. And then he was ashamed. Jesus wants people that follow him, that give everything they've got. Come on, we sang it this morning. You are worthy of it all. Jesus wants disciples. Come on, Jesus, people that give everything they've got. That means every feeling. If you've got a feeling and you say, Hmm, I'm kind of feeling this thing, and I know it's not a God feeling. I know it's not a it's not a God feeling, but it feels like a good feeling. No. He wants all of that, all of that stuff, even the the dirty, nasty stuff that you've got hidden and locked up in your heart. Jesus wants all of it. Somebody should have said amen on that. Come on. If you don't believe that, we got to go back to Sunday school. Jesus wants all of it. He wants all of us, not just Sunday us. He wants all of us, not just I just listened to the greatest worship song and I feel so good. Wow, I'm such a good Christian. No, Jesus wants all of us. He wants the I just failed us. He wants the I'm hurt us. He wants the I'm mad. He wants the I feel like a loser. He wants the us that says, I don't even feel like a Christian anymore. He wants the us that says, I have messed up so much that I don't even want to try anymore. That's the us that Jesus wants. Come on. You with me this morning? Are you with me this Because some of you guys, and listen, a lot of times when we're we're up here preaching, we'll say, hey, I know a lot of you aren't dealing with this. And so think about somebody that is or think about what. No, I'm talking to the people in this room this morning. I'm talking to the the people that are in these blue chairs this morning because you have dealt with this. You have had those days and you've had those weeks where you just thought, man, I stink. I stink. I'm no good. I'm not a good Christian. Maybe I'm not even a Christian. Maybe I don't even believe in Jesus anymore. You've probably all felt like that. You may have felt like it this week. That is the you that Jesus wants the most. That is the you. That's the version of you that he wants. Wants the most. He wants all of us. So let's look at our verse this morning. Mark 8. We're going we're to start at 34. It says, and calling the crowd, and my version's different than the version on the screen. It says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, would follow me. And of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus wants it all. And when he spoke to his disciples, he used this example. This was a very relevant illustration when, when I say the word crucify, when I say the word cross, you think of this right here. You think of, I've got a little cross around my neck. You think of, you know, some churches have a big crucifix. You think of Jesus dying on a cross to redeem you. But when Jesus said this to his disciples, they did not think of that. Because they were not aware of what was happening. What they thought of was a shameful in torturous way to die. You see, the Romans they crucified people, and they would. In fact, there was a rebellion, and they crucified all the rebels down miles of this road, and so that anyone that came to the city would pass by these dying, tortured people, and then when they died, they would pass by these rotting corpses. Why? To instill fear into the hearts of, of the people. And so Jesus described, he said, guys, if you want to follow me, you better get ready to crucify everything about yourself. And that was a big deal. That was a big deal. For us, we might say something like, you better get ready to get canceled. You better get ready for your life to get turned upside down and lose your job and, and be you know, kicked out of, the, out of the city and kicked out of, out of society. That's what he told them. Why? Why? Because Jesus doesn't want people that are just Sunday believers. Jesus doesn't want people. Come on, community church. I'm talking to you this morning. Jesus doesn't want people that just know his name. He wants people that believe in him. He wants people that believe. And let me tell you something. When I've got a problem, I don't want to call somebody that just knows the name Jesus. I don't want to call someone that says, yeah, bro, hey, I got the number to the 700 club. No, I want somebody that's going to pray with me right then. Right then. I want somebody that doesn't just know the name Jesus but knows him and believes in him intimately. Come on. And so this is what he's talking about. So deny yourself. Deny yourself. Give up all the things about yourself. Give up your arrogance. Give up your education. Give up all those things. Give it all to me. Then, then you become a follower. Then you become a follower of Jesus. Here's the thing, guys. I don't want you to be a halfway follower. I don't want you to just follow on Sunday and then about halfway through Monday, you're like, you know what? I just really haven't done well this week. I'll just, I'll start over next week. Come on. That's for diets. This is real life. And more than even just this is real life, this is your soul. This is eternity. This is someone else's soul we're talking about. Guys, Jesus doesn't need Sunday, Sunday people. He needs people on Monday. He needs people on Thursday. He needs people on Wednesday. Come on. In the midst of all those things and all the things that people face, Jesus doesn't need someone that's going to say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but. No buts. No buts. Don't ever let me hear you say that. I'm a Christian, but. No, you're not. You either are or you're not. You good? (laughs) You either are or you're not. Come on, church. I know I'm preaching kind of hard this morning, but this is so serious because without the discipline to give up all of ourselves, without the discipline to give up on on the attitude and the anxiety that we have, we cannot fully embrace Jesus. And Jesus cannot do what he wants to do in our lives and in our hearts until we do that. And so you may be in here this morning and you say, You know, Pastor, I've been frustrated about some things. I want to be, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. I want, you to, I want you to follow the, the purpose and the call that God has on your life. But it's not going to happen, church family, until you give yourself over to him. Amen? 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 Come on. So I want to close with, one, with one, one thing. And this convicted me. We are so very spoiled. Come on. The, um, as Western Christianity or, or as Western, Western Christians, we have it so, so good. I've got the Bible on my phone. I've got the Bible right here. Come on, we're gathered together in a church that is, that is it's, it's great. We've got a great facility. And we don't have to worry about some government officials storming in here and shutting the place down because pastor said something offensive. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to go and hide in houses because we're worried about persecution. Now, there may come a day. There probably will come a day where the American Christian is persecuted, but it's not today. Last year, Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. And, you know, I'm not going to get political on... Whose fault is what? But we left quick. And you remember watching the videos of these people just literally grabbing onto airplanes, trying to get out of the country because they knew what was fixing to happen. Well, the Christians got got trapped. And I remember missionaries and people reporting that there were literally churches. They knew they were going to be hunted down. They knew they were going to be hunted down. Because in Islam, you can't be you can't tolerate a Christian. A Christian can tolerate a Muslim, a Christian can tolerate a Buddhist, and we pray for them and we hope that they come to know Jesus, but we don't go out and try to hurt them. But there are other religions that don't do that. And so I remember there was a call, a conference call where this pastor called and She was locked in a church with her congregation, and they said, Pastor, you know, we we don't know what to do. These American Christians were talking to her, and they said, we don't know what to do, we don't know what to do, and she said, we're going to wait. They're coming, we're just going to wait here, and we'll all die together. All they had to do is deny Christ. All they had to do is take their Bibles and throw them out in the street and say, hey, I won't live. I don't want none of this. But they didn't do it. So they locked themselves up in that church building and they waited. And the Taliban came. And all those people are with Jesus now. And let me tell you what just convicts my soul. We we can't even give up saying a cuss word. We can't even give up watching a show that's got nasty stuff in it because, well, I mean, is it that big of a deal? But these people locked themselves in a church and waited for death. You either pick up your cross every day and carry it, denying yourself, or you don't. This little cross I wear it says Mark 8, it's it says Mark 834 on it, because I want to remember that. Carry my cross daily. What does that mean? That means <clears throat> whenever something goes wrong and you get really ticked off and you want to cuss somebody up one down up one side and down the other. Come on, maybe you see a temptation and you say, you know, nobody's going to know. I'm just going to sneak off into this temptation. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to run around. I'm going to do whatever. You know what carrying your cross is? That's when you see that, when you get tempted, when you get those things, you feel the weight of that cross and you say, no, 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 no. My flesh person wants to do that, but I'm going to carry my cross and I'm going to go this way. Or you can be like a lot of folks. And when temptation arises, maybe you, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start naming off sins, but there's something in your face and "Hmm, that looks nice. That looks pleasurable to myself. Let me let me lay my cross down real quick. Okay, you good? Stay there. And then you go and indulge. You know what Ecclesiastes two one says? Solomon, who a lot of people attribute as the uh, call the wisest person who ever lived, King Solomon. He wrote Proverbs and he wrote Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes two one says, "I tried self indulgence. I tried self pleasure. I tried to to embrace the pleasure that I could bring myself." And it was meaningless. It was meaningless. Church family, when we wrap ourselves up in this flesh and we just embrace the things that we want to do, the decisions we want to make, it is meaningless. But if we can carry that cross, and it gets heavy. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you warriors that have been through a lot more than I have, you tell me. You could tell stories about how heavy that cross got. But you didn't lay it down. You kept it. Those splinters dug into you. You got exhausted, but you held on. How? Because Jesus gives us strength. Jesus gives us strength to hold on. Come on. It's a little bit heavy today as we're we're finishing up. We're about to pray. A little bit heavy today. But I want to be real with you guys. I don't want anyone in this church walking around thinking, I can just do whatever I want, man. God's cool with that. No. Jesus says deny yourself. The more disciplined we can be, I feel like the closer we can be to Christ. The more disciplined we can be in the way that we behave and conduct ourselves, I think it makes a lot of things easier that chaos just begins to go away. That is an antidote to chaos. So what does Jesus want? We're going to close with this. So if you'll stand with me, I want to pray. And, and I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar because I want everybody to pray with me on this one because I think that no matter if you've been following Jesus for 40 years or four minutes, I think that we can, get, we can desire to be closer We can desire to be better at carrying that cross and pushing away the temptations and desires of the flesh, the things that that drive a wedge between us and Jesus. So what does Jesus want from us? All of us. That's what he wants. Jesus doesn't want followers that just kind of try. Jesus wants passionate people. That are available. When Moses was getting ready to go back to Egypt, he argued with, he tried to argue with God about his qualifications. He said, God, I can't do it. I don't talk good. I got a messed up foot. You know what God did not do, church? He didn't argue. He didn't argue about Moses' disqualifications. Because God doesn't care. God doesn't care about what you think disqualifies you. God cares about your availability. And I want to be available. God, I want to be available to do your work, to be a kingdom person, to chase after you. And I pray this morning that that's all of our hearts, that we want to be available, all of us, all of us be available. God, I'm yours. I don't just mean that superficially. I don't just mean, God, I'm yours when I'm in a good mood. I mean, God, I'm yours when I am ticked off and want to throw hands. Come on. Would you bow your heads with me? I just want to pray together.